I'm gonna just before we before I say the intro, and this is gonna end up just staying in the warm up. I'm just gonna take a drink from my dumbbell shaped water bottle. <laughs> is, that, is that your workout water? Mm, it is. Given what's happened this week, I've kind of fell off the uh, fell off the wagon a little bit for it, but I'm gonna get back up to speed with that. Reasonable. So uh, yeah. Well, you can tell it's fucking motorcycle season. Oh, because everyone's just uh, you know. Yeah. Rolling Just it down past the house, yeah? Yeah. And I've 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 shut my windows, double glazing. It's all good. Just uh keep away from all the dodgy ass noises of summer. Yeah. So it's the best way. Just does mean that it turns it does mean it turns the recording room into a sweat box. But Yeah. I was like <laughs> Ironically, uh now that summer's kicked in my tiny ass room is getting frozen over from the air conditioner from the main building, and huh. so I, my window was open in the hopes of bouncing out and actually making it warmer in here. Yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> like, like I live in such a tiny room that it's like when it's in winter, my room is boiling. When it's summer, my room is freezing mm. because it just cycles so fast. And it, you know, the air conditioning is trying to affect much larger rooms than mine. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's got a whole building to sort out, hasn't it, so, you know. But uh, that's that's the technology that we we would like to talk about if I, well, to be honest, if I was any sort of handyman, I'd love to talk air conditioners all day. Hey, maybe get back to uh, Steph a couple of years, maybe he'll be able to tell you something about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, once he, once he's completed that course of his and he's uh, you know, getting himself in the good old self-employed route, yep. be probably the way to go. But uh, yeah, no, speaking of self-employed dreams... This is the Immaterial Gamers Podcast. It, it Hello. sure is. Yeah. It sure is. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, you're out of your, you're out of your cage now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that, the cage. And uh, oh, Duncan's is this our back. First, is, is this our first drop back in since uh, the kids all took over? Yeah. Week? Yeah, uh, it well, was. I, I, can't, there's, I can't believe there's still a podcast left. I yep. know, I know. I mean, you know, I had to, I had to dust it off, give it a bit of a... You know, there were some scuffs. I know. But <coughs> there's some right now. In, yeah. Uh, in Steve's lungs. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yep, you wouldn't lock me in your cage, wouldn't you? That's all yeah. the dust that is. Yeah. I think it was just the dust of the last <laughs> the dust of the last podcast. But uh yeah, yeah, no, yeah so uh it's your boy Ryan, he's back. Yay. And then uh two weeks in a row, it's Steve. Yeah, I know, right? Shocking. I, yeah, this is this is mad. You know, yeah, I managed we... to. I managed to sneak out of work early. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> okay then, we won't. I mean, unless they listen to this, which at this point, well, that's that's unfortunate. One of them does, but he already knows why I left early, so it's fine. Okay, fair enough. It's all right. I have flexi time. I can leave whenever I want. I've got oh. loads of it that I need to use up before the end of September. As of, time. as of today, and because we're going to get some more in July, I will have 36 hours that I'll need to use. Okay, so yeah. yeah That's three days go. worth. That's three and a half days worth. So I need oh, to use it. Bloody hell. And that's not even including my annual leave. Oh, look at you. What do I do with all these holidays? And then, uh... Yeah, it's like a game show. And then, uh, yeah, Duncan's back as well. 
Yeah. I am. Yay. Yeah. You know, we, we, no, we were back from our one week taking off of doing the games pod. I That's its... I, what should we call it? That's its nickname now. It's still the Immaterial Gamers Podcast, but I've been calling it the Games Pod. But uh, yeah, no, we took a break to do some... Uh, to do some chat ref. Yeah, games part and chat ref. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Dual good, wielding good. now. Yeah, I mean it wasn't meant to be that case. It just it just turned out that we had to make a decision, and we just got lucky that we had everyone around, and we could just do that. So got very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think that just seems to be how we operate these days now, isn't it? Just roll the dice. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a been a bit of a an off week. Personal stuff's gone down. Not something that needs to be fully explained on the podcast, but enough to just say that it has been a busy week for the wrong reasons. Mm. But indeed, we we move on. We keep stuff going, and anyway, it's it's a distraction, but we keep it going. We're going to try and get back into our good old positive nature until we absolutely rip the shit out of some news later, because there is stuff to talk about. Yeah, our our happy uh, positive selves right up until the two thirds point where we switch into news. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. things go back down again. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry on that as well because we'll have the games that we've been playing, which should hopefully be some nice positive enjoyment fun. We then got yeah, we've got the news, which will drag that down. But I do have another topic for the oddest. Okay. Ooh, the oddest. So yeah, and it'll be it'll be uh related to one of uh, one of our news stories, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So now it is time for What's Been Played. What's Been Played. And, Duncan, we'll go with you first this week. Oh boy, okay. Um, so I guess for mine, I suppose I, should, I may as well talk about the one video that I'm still trying to salvage. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. So I did play a game uh, with my sister sometime about a week ago, roughly. Mm, it was around. Uh, it was, around it was that, like yeah. it was almost the exact middle of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played this game that my sister showed me on, on Steam called a what, what was it called? A normal a normal lost phone. That's it. That sounds normal. You, yeah, you just find a normal lost phone. I'm assuming. Yeah. So uh, basically, the premise of the game is that. You are some guy, nameless guy, who has found this unlocked, lost phone on the ground somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and you're, you know, attempting to try and figure out who the owner is, and if possible, try and return it to them. And it's essentially sort of like a visual novel slash point-and-click adventure type game, uh, oh, yeah. where, where essentially you're digging through mostly text messages and um, various apps on the phone to uh, try and figure out you know more about the owner what they were doing until right up until they lost their phone uh, mm. and trying to figure out where they might be so that you can uh, find out who the owner is okay it's an extremely short game uh, I think maybe if you have no idea what you're doing you might spend two hours at the game. Because there's a lot of like, like extra. There's a lot of extra reading that isn't necessary for completing the game. Uh, if you have some vague guide, like I did with my sister, you could easily beat the game in like an hour and a half okay. or less. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not a terribly long game, and like I say, it's you know just all 
clicking, reading, and occasionally, like, very minimal puzzles. A lot of them are mostly just, like, deciphering codes and passwords. Right, okay. Which would make sense in terms of the idea of you traipsing through someone's phone and trying to get information. Yeah, yeah. There's a big running theme where a lot of the passwords to various uh, functions of the phone are related to, like, dates. They're, like, you know, birthdays and other dates of uh, meaningful importance, which is, okay. you know, a sentence that I could have done better, but I, I gave up on it before I even started. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's like, you know, you start off, you're just trying to figure out, you're just trying to be a good Samaritan and help someone find a phone. You're not going to try and sell the phone for, you know, for what its value is like a normal person would do. We're assuming the best of yeah. people. How good? Uh... Uh, un- either fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not really sure how to. I'm not really sure how to phrase it. But along the way, you stumble upon some uh, extremely important and extremely personal information about this uh, person. Okay. And uh, I don't. I don't know how much of it I want to go into detail as far as like you know spoiling the ending for uh, the the story. But yeah. needless to say, you do in fact learn enough about the owner to potentially return it to them um so i can say that much but yeah it's not exactly a straightforward path you stumble into some pretty serious personal drama that uh, they were going through with their friends and family leading up to their disappearance oh i can and... uh, right i see i see where i see where you're coming from on that now and that kind of uh you can kind of you can guess like like Something I don't want to guess it because I don't want to spoil it, but I can kind of guess something nefarious happened. I wouldn't say it's nefarious per se. It's just kind of yeah. something deep, something a little bit deep. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a interesting experience. It's like you know, it's 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 kind of it's fairly light, not in terms of its tone. It's it's a fairly dark game as far as like what it's addressing and talking about but like mm. you know as far as like from a gameplay standpoint you know mental processes it's fairly light just sort of disposable kind of game that's it's a fun little experience for two hours uh i don't know what it costs i don't know what it goes for on steam because i use my sister's copy so i can't mm. say like price to gameplay uh worthiness but it was uh it was it was all right um okay but as far as the video itself, I'll go into that a little bit more. Here's Ooh, the yes. thing. We so we recorded the video. My sister's been bugging me to record this since the beginning of the month for reasons. Um and you know, we eventually got around to it and we did some testing for our audio and eventually started to do the recording. The recording went for about 2 hours and it wasn't until the recording was done that we realized that the audio wasn't as balanced as we thought it was, and sadly, the background music drowned out a lot of our banter, uh, and because of the nature of the game, because it is a game which is predicated entirely on you not knowing what is going on or how to complete it, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience, not in like a, oh my god, it's the greatest thing you've ever seen, but like, literally, you can only do it once correctly before it's just you know clicking buttons and typing in numbers yeah you, know. so you sort of lose the the um spontaneity of it yeah so it's an unrepeatable recording 
that we totally botched because we didn't do enough adequate testing. Honestly, we probably should have just trashed the background music or minimized it to the point of being almost inaudible, mm. uh, which I honestly think is something I should just start doing by default from now on. Um, maybe maybe that all sort of maybe seeing what could be done about split audio. But it's like I don't like totally. Other, really. It's like I don't like videos that are like totally dead, other than commentary, because you know, like you really got to do a lot of editing to get around the blank spaces in between words to make something yeah. that's just chatter, uh, you know, adequate as a video experience. Mm. But yeah, it's it's dangerous playing with that background music because it's just a little bit too high, and all of a sudden it just totally throws off the whole balance of the video and it becomes hard to watch. So I don't really know what we're going to do to fix it uh, for other reasons that, again, I don't know how much it gives away from the content of the game or the video, but it's like for reasons this video, if anything does come of it, does have to be salvaged by the end of this month specifically. So Okay. That sort of gives you an idea on what the storyline's like there as well, Steve. Yeah. Sort of knowing what, what month it is. All right, okay. And sort of connotations that go on there, again, but without, yeah. without risk of spoilers. Okay. I'll wait to hear it. Yeah, but yeah, it's... Uh, the game itself is all right, you know? I recommend if it's not super expensive. Again, it's like a two-hour, almost non-interactive game... You yeah. know, if you're into that kind of thing, then go for it. You know, if it costs like twenty bucks, I would say probably pass. I don't know. What it what does it cost? Three dollars US. Three dollars US. Okay, I think that's perfectly fine. I it's yeah. for three for three dollars, sure. Yeah. It's, it costs yeah, almost it's... nothing, and it takes up almost no time. It's a fairly simple win-win then experience. Uh, mm. Yeah, give it yeah. a try. Okay. And we'll see so, what I can do about the video. Cool. Yeah, it's... Sort of, um, sort of reminds me of a little bit of, um, oh, what's the game? Her Story, in sort of sense, which is what's something. That? If you if you like a normal lost phone, Her Story is a game to to try. It is a, a t- well, it is a FMV game, effectively. It's just video, but the gameplay mechanic of it is that you are searching for a case, a missing person turned murder case, and the game is entirely done through clips of five interview sessions from one character's perspective and the way you do it is you type keywords into this crime database computer and based on what video clips contained that keyword you'd slowly piece together what had happened it's a non-linear narrative is what you learn is purely based by what you figured out in each clip Hmm. and you make the story and the game is technically completed, in finger quotes, once you've found half of the video clips. Because you can only find five at a time, so you sort of have to be specific in what you're looking for in terms of the clips. So you could say the word shirt, but you'll only find the first five clips that have the word shirt in it. So you sort of have to sort of delve a bit deeper. But I like the game, and the guy that's made the game is bringing out another sort of game like that but you'll follow four people's perspectives over two years and it's just like how they're using social media and stuff like that and it turns out to lead to some sort of dark story that way but yeah if you're looking at sort of story based games like that it's just a normal lost phone reminded me of that so that's something to sort of consider from there but uh yeah so uh steve what have you played um 
there's only been a couple of games that I've actually played this week, if I'm honest. Okay. And it's pretty much similar to the last week. Okay. So more, more more division, more XCOM. Yeah, pretty much. And a little <laughs> bit of and a little bit of EU four as well, why not? Um okay. so yeah, I'm enjoying my time with Division. I think I said it last time as well. Yeah. And we finally got to level thirty. That was my main goal for the week before I joined this podcast was to get myself to level thirty. Sweet. And then see what happens. And well, I'm not impressed. I'm joking, I love it. Um I like the idea of something else coming in and just basically steamrolling you. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've had this good moment, you've done this, you've done that. It's like, well no, fuck you, we're gonna do this instead. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm great. okay with that. And you sort of learn with that as well how yeah. or how everything you've done has basically just allowed yeah. this next faction to come in. I don't like I say I don't wanna sort of spoil it because you're there, you've still got the world tiers to play. Yeah. Which which yeah. will tell you more of the story and how the how the faction yeah. comes to light and, and then what goes on and how it actually relates to the beginning of the game when you entered DC in the first place. So Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm intri- I am intrigued to find out more really. I just need to play it but um yeah. I need to spend the time to play it, but I'm only playing it with one of my friends at the moment, so like, if I was to play it without him, he'd probably just have a go at me. It's one of them. So we're no, playing it together at the same level, essentially. I'm a bit of a higher gear score than he is, though. So it's kind oh, of funny. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's not sitting there and expecting you to like not play until he catches up on gear score. No, it's not that. We'll pl- we got ourselves to level 30 on Friday. So we'll be playing again this Friday coming. So we'll see what happens. Mm. It's a tough thing about playing, you know, multiplayer role-playing games of any kind. You know, it's just like once like the levels get like too far apart, it's like eh, it kind of gets be pain in the ass to yeah, it can to be stick, to stick yeah. together. Mm. You know, because like you, if you really feel like you kind of have to play together, so it's like it can be kind of limiting yeah. in a way. So. It can be in a way. The funny thing is, um, we're at the same level, but um, one of our other friends had started playing with us. Unfortunately, however. He's not putting the time that we have, so he's still quite low level. So the next time he joins us, we're going to be dragging him up. <laughs> Basically, yeah. he's going to be he's going to be crying his eyes out because he's only level fourteen, I think. Yeah. So he's basically just going to die his way to the top <laughs> until he Dying gets to, your the, way to level. the top. That's how you well, play. You, you do it another <laughs> way then. You join him. No, you can join us. You can level up quicker. Uh, I've always what, yeah by I've, dying that's 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 cruel. That's funny though. It's his fault. I've always hated. I've always hated going through that. You know, being that you know, I'm usually the guy who gets who's getting dragged along whenever that happens to me. So yeah. I'm like, I'm just like, ah, I'm just waiting to level up. Basically, it's like, oh god, I really kind of wish I would, you know, get around to like playing the game again. You know, rather than yeah. just waiting around. Interactive <laughs> chat room. You know. No, I get what you're saying. Um, normally what happens with me when I play Diablo, I mean, I've joined Martin and Ryan a few times, or yeah. more specifically Martin, where he's dragged me through. I don't yeah. mind it too much. Um, it gets me to level up quicker. I had to do it with one of my friends in the last season. He mm. wasn't playing it too much, and I had been able to spend more time on it, so I helped to drag him up, and we managed to get ourselves into... The goblin, the goblin treasure vault, which oh, was the vault. Yeah, what, and what a place. also, 
we managed to get ourselves into the rainbows and teddy bears level thing. I can't remember what it's actually called. Oh, Whimsydale. The Whimsydale, horrifying that's place. It. I know. But so much loot, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so good. Unicorns and teddy bears and, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, in a game in a game of demons, goblins, goat men and, you know, mm. horrifying stuff, the fact of bears and unicorns being in there it's is horrifying, the worst. I know, um, but of course I've not played Diablo this week. Um, it's only been Division 2, yeah. XCOM, obviously, for the Let's Play, which is going okay, actually. Unfortunately, the last video didn't go as planned. But no. it's a two-for-one. <laughs> it's a two-for-one video. I hope everyone's watched it or planned to watch it. Because I got two missions in that video. That's why it's called two-for-one. Because I got ambushed and then I jumped and then ended up falling into another mission. So the next episode is hopefully going to be attacking the black side. I hope. You hope. But it depends on how things work out. My concern now is I've not seen the chosen commander for a little while. So I've got a feeling she's going to attack us during the black side mission. Which is going to be a pain in the ass to fight. And it's already going to be a long mission anyway. So... <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, the next episode is going to be at least an hour. That, oh, good. I would think. So it's going to be a long one. Good. I mean, um, I just sat there, I've just finished a 40-minute recording of Residents of Fate, yeah. which is actually short yeah, in terms of yeah. my timescales recently. Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, that's reminding me. I need to do some offline stuff on that this week. Yeah. I must uh, do it. What much is left in that game, man? You've been working on that. For, you've been chipping away at that for a long time. So that's yeah. 36 weeks. I'm in chapter 14 of 16. See, nearly there. Get so there. I, I am so close. Um, I'm just going to try and get some sort of like HP for the characters and leveling up because the way that the sort of the XP works in that game is that you have a level and that's based on the level of experience in the three weapon types that you have. Handguns, yeah. miniguns, and... Oh, not miniguns, machine guns and grenades. But I've been neglecting grenades because they're shit. Yeah, they tend to be pretty poor in most games, if I'm honest. Yeah, but so, you know, it's it's just a, a thing. But now it's good to see that the XCOM's still going good. I mean, from yeah. what I've been seeing, but the fact that you're still continuing it, it's going good. Yeah, it's going pretty well. So, you know. I just wish that my other, my individual, like... You know, my private campaign, I just wish that was going better because I'm losing hand over fist in that one. But my Let's Play is perfect. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know what it is? It's the pressure of succeeding on the Let's Play yeah. that keeps you going. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's sort of that thing you don't want it to stop because yeah. that just ends everything. So, But yeah, no, that's that's cool. So it's uh, that's all good to go. So, yeah. myself, I've played a new game. It came oh my out. God. It came out this week, or last week, depending on recording. You know how it goes. But I've been playing the spin-off successor to Yakuza, Judgment. Yakuza, Judgment. Yeah. So you, you know me, I love my Yakuza games. You like your Japanese mobsters. Yeah, good old Japanese mobsters, or ex-mobsters, kicking the shit out of actual mobsters to solve a conspiracy involving said mobsters. Um, Judgment flips the script a little bit, though, because you're not playing an ex-mobster who is kicking the shit out of mobsters. Kiryu is, spoilers, 
dead in finger quotes. He's living oh. off the grid. Oh. Um, read uh, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, the game where someone baseball throws a baby. Hmm. Oh, sorry, American football throws a baby. <laughs> I sounds, just, sounds like an adventure. Yeah, just look for the clips yeah, for it. You'll you'll find them. But um, yeah, no, this is set like two years after Yakuza 6, but right. is a spin-off franchise entirely, where you actually play the character of... Uh, uh, Takiyama Yagami, I think his name is, yeah, Yagami as everyone calls him, who's a former lawyer turned private detective. Oh. So you're playing for the technically law this time. And, uh, yeah. Because so, crime doesn't pay. No. No. But kicking the crap out of people while solving private investigative cases does, to a point. They make it pretty clear in the early chapters that he's broke as fuck. <laughs> but um yeah no it's it's pretty much yakuza though it's the same sort of thing you it's still set in uh Kamurocho. it's still you go through the the world or the town you know oh, yeah. still all the the open world gaming stuff you can still play in the club sega arcades and sit there and not play judgment if you want but you can instead play some virtual fighter or poyo poyo or fantasy zone because yes mm. Boy, oh, boy, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's still got all that stuff. Um, the leveling system's a little bit more refined because of the fact that you are... It's meant to be that you are not the badass legend of Kamurocho. You're not Kiryu. You're okay. a private detective, but you've you've got a self-taught style of combat that you do use. Um, you know, you've got these you know, combat style, these he learns, he's got a crane fighting style and a tiger fighting style, so it sort of splits it a little bit. It's not as big as, as, as Kiryu's one, but... So you know. when you use crane fighting style, do you like actually get a crane and fight people, or...? No, he he just he just does the, the weird, like, Daniel-san sort of <laughs> stuff, and... Um... Daniel-san stuff, that's racist. <laughs> oh, oh, really? That's, that's, uh, that's, um... That's Karate Kid, Daniel-san. Yeah. You know, Mr. Miyagi, he's, he's great. Was great. Rip. Hey, that, the man may be dead, but his movie is immortal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. But, um, yeah, so you, you like, got... The, so the way it works, you've got Crane, which is a fight multiple people style, and then Tiger is when you're fighting one dude style. Right. So it sort of splits like that. But, um, yeah, story storyline-wise, yeah, something happened. You, you managed to win your first case... As a lawyer, you got a, um, a a a person who was supposed to be considered a serial killer off the hook. He trusted him that he didn't kill anyone, and then immediately watching watches in the news as said guy kills his girlfriend and burns her house down. Wow. Um, he's then disgraced, and that's why he's the private detective. In that, I've only played a chapter, so I've not got too far into it. But yeah, everything that I love about Yakuza games are in there. There are some stuff that is a little odd. Um, you know, the tailing missions are a little bit um, slow-paced, but you're a detective. It's what you do. Tail people, stake out, take photos, you know, get your job done. Normal stuff. Yeah. But uh, that all pales in comparison to the fact that it's got drone racing. Mm. Drone racing? Drone racing. You have a little drone that you're supposed to be able to use to look at the buildings and you know, look inside and investigate, but you can rig it to do, like, the professional drone racing around Camarocho. <laughs> it's just like, 
yeah, Grand Prix style. You just race your drone round the city and beat other people in sanctioned races. Uh, you know, Yakuza games have never fully been grounded in reality. Their storylines are ridiculous, yet very serious. And the side stories and everything around is absolutely batshit crazy. It's just as it as it should be. But, yeah, so loving it. Want to play more of it. In fact, we'll probably play more of it later. Just to, uh, you know, get things going. Sounds, Sounds good. Lovely. Sounds lovely, Jubbly. Yeah. So yeah, we got those. Uh, we got those games out of the way. So now, what a nice, t- what a nice and fun time we've been having this podcast. Yeah, shall we drag it down a little? Mm. <laughs> let's yeah, let's 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 do it. It's news time. Yay! News time. So yeah, we'll start with the nice one first, actually. Duncan, you love auto chess, don't you? Uh, I did play for a while. Yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of streamers play it. I've actually haven't played it recently. I've been wanting to, especially now with all of the, you know, now it's becoming a thing, which we'll, we're getting into, but yeah. I've been watching a lot of people play it, yes. Oh, see, this this is probably where it decides that I'm going to have information overload and I'm going to be a bit confused on which one to actually play now, because, uh, yeah, Eurogamer, you know, just wrapped up the fact that everyone's doing it now. The uh, auto chess wars chest. have begun, as, yeah, uh, as I say. Yeah, as it says, whose move it is next? Well, the game plays automatically. Duh. Well, once you draft your pieces and stuff like that, but yeah. So what started off as a mod for Dota 2, if I've got that right, yeah? That's correct. Um, Which in itself, as they say in the article, Dota 2 was effectively uh, a sequel to what was a mod for, you know, StarCraft, WarCraft. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing that goes all the way back to, you know, like the early, like the early 2000s. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, so they've been playing that, and that's fine. And the company that made that, or the group of people, the Chinese team, Brodo Studio, then decided to drop the Dota elements and just bring it out on mobile, and soon to be Epic Games, because yeah, yeah, they're they brought it, they're bringing it out version for the Epic Store now. Yeah, which is just just called Auto Chess, but you know it's it's gone crazy. Riot have now brought out an Auto Chess. Mode yep. called Team after, Fight Tactics. Yeah, after years of League of Legends and nothing but League of Legends, they've decided n- now, coincidentally, you know, just immediately around the same time that uh, everyone else started making their own auto chess games, uh, Riot yep. decided to make a League of Legends uh, hmm. Team Fight Tactics, which is basically auto chess with League of Legends characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you know, people like it, and if it if it works. That'd be great, because, you know, there's something that needs to sort of keep the MOBA scene fresh, and or at least get people to play the sort of stuff based on those games, even if they're not always playing the MOBAs. That's why, for for, for League at least, Aram was, was a great thing. I mean, at the time, Dominion was alright, and then, you know, they've now done sort of featured matches and stuff like that, but, you know, I love that. But that pales in comparison to what Valve have just done. Valve now have, uh, what is it called, Dota Underlords. Dota <laughs> Underlords, correct. That is, that's the that's the hot new thing for um, Dota Auto Chess players specifically. Uh, I know that uh, one fin- Finnish uh, streamer that I've been watching a lot of, uh, by the yep. name of Savich, has been releasing a number of Underlords 
videos, and that appears to be the game that he's going to focus on. Uh, conversely, um, another former Auto Chess fan by the name of Amaz seems like he's looking a lot more at the League of Legends one, the Teamfight Tactics. I haven't yeah. seen any of his videos yet, mm. but I've seen like like thumbnails and titles that all seem to refer to uh, TFT. So yeah, everyone's kind of picking their sides, you know, choose your own adventure, like which auto chess uh, game do you want to play? Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know what? Competition's good. And if they've got it their own good. little sort of quirks on it, yeah. then so be it. And then I say, I'll be happy to... Yeah, I think uh, it to seems to me to like, uh, it almost seems like auto chess is becoming like the new battle royale, you know? Mm. It's like, this thing is like... This. Sorry? Sorry, I was going to say, if there's a couple more auto chess games, then yeah, it probably is. Probably is, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, it's like something that starts off as like a really popular mod for an already existing game, all of a sudden yeah. becomes its own genre of games with a whole new wave of com- competing... Uh... Copies. Also, I was just going to say, like, also how fitting is it that, you know, of all people, who are the, who are the two biggest names competing with each other? We've got... Uh, the Dota people, and we've got yep. uh, the Riot, and we've got Riot with the League of Legends games. It's like, who's copying who this time? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's like just an endless cycle of them, like, taking, you know, taking turns, taking each other's ideas, and expanding on them, or, you know, uh, yeah, repackaging them. them in. Yeah. So, I, I just love that the Eurogamer articles, well, for a start, has called them auto-battlers. <laughs> That's the the sort of genre that they've decided to put them as. It's, it's, probably, it's probably a more accurate description than auto chess. Like, you get a certain image in mind when you think of the word chess, and yeah. it's not really chess at all. <laughs> no, it's no, it's, it's like I say, it's, it, it, they, they fight on their own. All you do, what is draft and place, yeah? Mm. Yeah, you draft your characters, you place them on a board, and you just go to town. They, they yeah. just... They just play their own thing. So, you know, that's just a, sort of how it is. But, um, yeah, the other, the other thing they mentioned is, so now we've got Valve that has made the game that is based off the mod that is based off the game that was based off the mod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I can't wait for uh, Blizzard to be all like, hey, look, we've got an auto chess now. It's based on World of Warcraft characters. And it's like, ah! <laughs> you know... <laughs> So uh, it's, yeah, it's that's... just like it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, or the chicken or the egg, or the chicken or the egg. <laughs> yeah, be the chicken or the <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just it's just mad, but you know it's it's nice. Like we say, it's nice to see that's going, and we may even try them sometime. You know, I think if we could we actually have, get enough sh- of us to do should. a play session. Yeah, no, if we can get enough of us together, I mean, even if we could just get into a room together, that would be worth playing you know even if we have to play with even if we have to fill it out with some randoms it's still yeah it'd still be something it'd be fun yeah, yeah. so we'll definitely go for that right things that are not fun are what is also in this uh also in another Eurogamer article you know what you don't like in your games other than microtransactions and you know other than all the other things that we're about to talk about uh uh I don't like advertisements in my video games because I feel like if I paid for a product, then I shouldn't have to be advertised that for more products. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I wonder how this true. could possibly be related to an article that we are about to talk about. Yeah, then yeah, I was about to say, then do I have the game that's for you to avoid? It's uh, Do I not MB- have the game for you? Is that what it 
Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So, uh, yeah, this is the... My God, this is the the news that Eurogamer stated, that players are unhappy that NBA 2K19 contains unskippable adverts in between loading screens. Yeah, it's not right, though. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just self-explanatory at this point normally, isn't it? It's like, really? It's a full-price game. Yeah. It's a full $60, £50, whatever the currency conversion is everywhere else in the world. That's game. It. You know, it's already got the VC. It's already got the, as is known now in the world, the bullshit currency. You know, it's already, it's already got the premium to currency. It's already had the pre-order bonuses. It's already got the 50 million, you know, deluxe editions. And now you're putting unskippable advertising in the thing. I mean, what is... I mean, I feel like there's a whole, like, sec- like secondary, like, industry built around paying money to not see ads and it's just like they're 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 making their way in somehow yeah yeah it does seem to be the case yeah i mean we were just fucking talking about this last week weren't we in in uh chat ref about his the idea of of unskippable advertisements yeah it's kind of like it's kind of eerie how that was like oh here's a random episode of this nine-year-old show and uh the one of the biggest parts of the whole thing is unskippable advertisements and it's like oh here it is yeah i can't believe 2k have sat there probably watched the episode and went oh that sounds like a good idea yeah resume viewing resume viewing resume Resume viewing viewing. no Uh, i just want to play the basketball and then you just start smashing your tv (laughs) stab yourself to death on live television (laughs) resume barking resume barking Resume barking. Resume barking. Resume barking. Uh, yeah, but just, just yeah. So no, no one would have ever thought that's a good idea. And I'm sorry again. It's going to go back to the thing of well, the video games industry is actually quite expensive to make games. Well, you're fucking doing it wrong. Yeah. If this is what you have to do to break even or make money on a video game, then you are spending too much on making the video game. Yeah. And to be honest, I'd call it bullshit anyway. It's a two K. It's the two K series of games. Their engine hasn't changed in years. No, it's not like they're having to build new assets that often. No, it's it's a roster update and maybe a couple, maybe a mode. Yeah, that, like, that's it. And don't get me wrong, I'm super excited about the fact that uh, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA <laughs> World <laughs> Championships. That's uh, you know, that's pretty cool. Good for them, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, but uh, you know, I still don't want. Uh, I still don't want to have to view this crap. Watch others. <laughs> yeah, just mad. So it's it's just just stupid. It shouldn't be in there in the first place. I mean, people are saying, "Well, I just, couldn't just have it, so I could just skip ads." It's like, well, I mean, the ads shouldn't be there. I no. mean, I games have had advertisements in there before. The one that I remember particularly in my head the most is Burnout Paradise where they had ads first of all people on companies could buy ad space on the billboards in Paradise City in the game that the, sort of the, advertisement doesn't bother me no because it's not invasive yeah it's it's um it doesn't impede yeah the game it doesn't impede the progress they can advertise i mean it happened you know there was a Barack Obama election campaign in Paradise City. That was just mental to me. But 
it didn't get in the way of the game. And if, it's if, like, you know, if my car didn't like it anyway, it just it would just bust, bust through said billboard. And to your point on that, or it's like you know they they specifically say that you know because of the fact that you are watching an ad, you are unable to do other things that you would normally be able to do while while loading in the game. Yeah. So That's... yeah, I mean you are you know you you know it is impeding. It is directly getting in the way of you playing the game. So it's like yeah. that just doesn't yeah. seem right. No, you, you're right. It's it's just bad. But, you know, unskippable ads. At least they're not trying to call it something else. Like EAR. This is the Polygon oh. report. Um, that uh, our good old UK Parliament had our, what is it, uh, Games, Media and Sport Committee drag out people from EA and Epic Games to talk about gambling com- uh, mechanics in video games. And I would yeah. like to point out, right at the top of this article, uh, I, I love that EA has a specific legal and government representative, and like that's that person's job. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too, like it's they too... have it's like they have so much trouble with the law that they actually have to have a person whose specialty is talking to people who work for the government. Yep. to try and, and convince lo- them that they're not doing anything illegal. <laughs> yeah, and to try and loophole their way through stuff, which is yep. exactly what they've done here in um, you know in in the UK committee EA. Uh, apparently decided that they don't call loot boxes loot boxes anymore. They call them, I can't believe this, surprise mechanics. Surprise, yeah. you're broke. Yeah, you've yeah, had the uh, same item 40 times. Surprise! Yeah, it's got to be one of the most ridiculous ideas for it, in my opinion. And it's yeah. like, I mean, I don't know what... I, to, in, in, not that I'm defending EA, but... In their defense, to turn mm. a phrase, uh, I don't know what they expect. What the government expected uh, EA to say when they brought them in is, is and ask them questions like, "Do you have any ethical qualms about using loot boxes and making money off of people who are stupid and have too much extra money, or possibly don't and just don't care?" The answer, yeah, of yeah. course, is no. Otherwise, we would have stopped doing it years ago. <laughs> yeah, mm. pretty much. I mean, the fact that, um, who, what was her name, uh, Kerry Hopkins, is it? Yeah, Vice President, yeah, like I said, Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs. You know, it said she compared them to Kinder Eggs and LOL Surprise dolls and stuff like that. And Hatchimals mm. and, you know, all these blind boxes. And they're, they're, they're like these surprise mechanics. You get It's the feeling that you get from opening them and doing stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't eat the stuff around a loot box in a video game. At least with no, a Kinder Egg. I could have a toy and a chocolate. Exactly, and to be honest, I wouldn't compare them to be the same way. Um, and if you it's... get, you know, a blind box toy, you get your third copy of the same blind box toy, you know, you could, like, yeah. sell it or trade it, you know. Yeah. It doesn't just it. either exist as a redundant extra piece of I crap think... on your shelf or, you know, disintegrate into currency, a fraction of the currency That's you it. paid for it, which is That's... something that happens in a lot of games. That's it, yeah. I think the only, like, company that's doing it right at the moment, if you can call it doing it right, um, you know them caches that we can get in Division 2? If you mm-hmm. get a duplicate, it automatically converts it into experience for your character, which I think is quite cool, because um, you earn the credits anyway when you open up your um, your little caches that you get when you level up. You mm-hmm. earn, like, apparel credit. 
for it, so you can actually earn that stuff in-game, and if you do get a duplicate, it gives you experience in the game, so you can actually benefit from it. Yeah, like, he's fucking doing it right. It's fucking Riot. You know, I hate to suck Riot's dick, you know, because I feel like it, every time we talk about either a free-to-play model or a loot model of some kind, Riot's mm. always my go-to answer. But it's like, mm. you know, the, again, it's like boxes that you earn by playing, uh, you know, you get, you can buy the crates if you want, uh, but also, like, anytime, you know, you or a dude on your team gets an S rank in a game for, you know, for whatever reason, mm. uh, for, like, the first time in, like, a season or something, I think, I think you can't do it with the same character multiple times, but, like, for the, every time you do that for the first time for a character within a certain period of time, you get a loot box, and you get keys just for generally performing well, or fragments of keys, which you use to unlock the boxes. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, it's like not only are you giving people the ability to access your random loot boxes for free by just playing the game a lot, you're rewarding them for playing it well. You're rewarding them for putting in the time and yeah. effort, and they're getting something back for it, you know? Mm. Like for, you know, like I okay. said, for high performance, they're, they're being rewarded for it. It's like, okay. good. You know, it's not something that, like, like you can't buy, you know, S ranks. You know, you just no, you, you just get them. You just play and do well, and get them. Well, sounds good then. It seems like Ubisoft has borrowed a page from their book then, because like I mentioned, when you level up in Division Two, you get fragments. Well, you get like bits towards unlocking the caches. Okay. So allow me to it... play devil's advocate on this though. Ubisoft might have that, but. I feel that also sounds eerily similar to Blizzard's way of doing loot boxes. And they got lambasted for it. Which is, you yes, you got the loot boxes by playing and by levelling up, but the idea behind it then was the experience you got in order to get the loot box sharply increased the longer you played, and it sort of, try, sort of tried to manipulate you into buying more boxes. I don't... I don't think that's the case in Division 2, not that I've seen anyway, because each level, or your level up, sorry, get capped anyway. There's like a set amount you're supposed to get to mm. get to the next level as far as I know. Okay. I need to look into it a bit more. At least it's not a um, level throttling like like um, Destiny 2 did, <laughs> which we're all aware of. Mm. Aye. Des well. Destiny 2 did the worst on that because they, they basically force you to play more. In order to get more out of it. Well, yeah. But, it's like yeah. you know, I, 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 and you know, I don't like Blizzard's uh, system that they're using in Overwatch at all. I, you know, I, you know, I think it's great that I get boxes for leveling up, but I also don't like that other than leveling up, there's no other way for me to get access to them. Like once I hit the level cap, it's just like, eh, pay me money. You know, it's like you know, I get rewarded for playing the game up to a point. And then once I've put in an X amount of time, X amount of hours, I'm no longer worth anything to them unless I get out my credit card. And I don't, I don't like that model. And again, go back to Riot. That's not the case. There's an infinite mm -hmm. amount of value you can get out of playing the game as long as you keep coming back to it and keep putting in the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I disapprove yeah. of the Blizzard model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's 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 the thing that it also comes down to. But you know. Certainly, at least, what they're doing is they're at least calling their stuff 
yeah and 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 i should say i'll backpedal a little bit i'm uh, you know i i'll say in general i am positive on overwatch's overall presentation as a game i do appreciate mm. that while the loot box system sucks and is dumb i do yeah. appreciate the fact that it's not like structured like a battlefront 2 where it's like you yeah. pay full retail price for a skeleton of a game and then you either put in you know a thousand and 12 hours to play the rest of it or you put in you know an extra $500 US to play the rest of it you know I like yeah. that the game is all there and everything that is functional and tactile about the experience is there from the get go and then the rest is just icing I just wish the icing didn't you know have a price tag you know I wish I yeah. could work for that icing Yeah, no. I want some sweat equity you know <laughs> it's one of my favorite business terms. I'd sweat equity, you know. Uh, well, that's the first I've actually heard of sweat equity. But yeah, it's just the idea of you know work, you know, getting value out of just sweat, essentially, just working yeah. for your just money. Hard work. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Well, I guess that then leads to our really downer topic at that point, talking about sweat equity. Oh, I've totally made the most inappropriately, unintentionally perfect segue into this, talking about sweat equity. Yeah. We love Rooster Teeth. I am literally literally sitting in front of a, what can only be described as a shrine to Rooster Teeth right now on my shelf. I have like $400 worth of Rooster Teeth merchandise just over my shoulder Hmm. right now. Uh, I've got probably at least that many dollars in shirts and my dressers right now. Not wearing one. This is just a plain green shirt, but I have. <laughs> I was wearing one probably just the other day. So, needless I think to say, this is something I'm, I'm not aware of. Needless to say, I'm a total shill fanboy for Rooster Teeth. That being yeah. said, I am the one who brought this article to the forefront. He did, and uh, yeah, this one's come from Popcast. Um, you know, it's like the thing that we don't like. Well, certainly. Me, as a, as a person with a semblance of self-respect for people in creative industries, crunch. Yeah. In Industry crunch should not be a thing, really, in, in sort of any circumstance. And, yeah, I've had problems with it in, sort of the, in the games industry, you know. I don't like the fact of my game that's, you know, that I'm enjoying to come out. You know, I'm enjoying playing it and then finding out that people were working 80-hour weeks. Sort of makes me feel a little bit... A bit iffy that I've then supported said sort of game. And this is what sort of hurts on this, given the fact of, you know, being a fan of Rooster Teeth at this point. Because it has then come out recently through the method of Glassdoor reviews that Rooster Teeth animation uses the same tactics. Hmm. Yeah, so... Not really yeah, good. So, so as you said, uh, it recently came out through a series of uh, coordinated... Uh, anonymous reviews through a website called Glassdoor, which is a site where uh, employees of a company are encouraged to review a company that they uh, work for or have worked for in the past, give feedback, positive or negative, you know, under the guise... It's uh, TripAdvisor, but for companies. Yeah, yeah, the whole idea is to be able to give people an impression of what the company is like, and possibly to give feedback to the management on how they think they should improve it. Mm. Uh, and a series of um, coordinated reviews published by uh, alleged, I, I should say, it's not like we can confirm their identities, but alleged yeah. uh, former and current Rooster Teeth 
employees, specifically who work in the animation department of Rooster Teeth, mm. uh, uh, have put out uh, strikingly negative uh, reviews of the uh, work culture at the animation department. Mm. Uh, they complain frequently about you know work weeks stretching into the 80th hour or longer uh, with no overtime. Uh, with little real compensation of any kind for that matter. Uh, you know, being given additional days and hours of work with little to no notice, sometimes only hours ahead of time. They know that Which they're going to be illegal. working, you know, over the, you know, they'll be asked to work over the weekend or work in the evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Bruce Teeth's, you know, uh, response to complaints about these things is generally to either either denying that they that it is a problem just kind of shrugging and saying it's a problem but what can you do that's just the nature of the industry or offering sort of hollow forms of uh assistance in the form of quote unquote one one review i noticed i thought was kind of interesting is that they offered like quote unquote counseling for crunch time uh despite the fact that they have no trained counselors or people who have any experience working as therapists mm. in any capacity yeah. but these are the people who are you know in charge of you know helping them vent their stress and talk about their issues even though they know that they have no intention of fixing those problems even if they are brought to light mm. yeah and i know you mentioned saying there steve about be- being illegal it depends on well in the uk it's that sort of it, you you need to be informed 24 hours beforehand, and I believe it's similar in some states as well. It's a work requirement. They're supposed to tell you about overtime at least 24 hours before, as far as I'm aware. They shouldn't tell it's, you in less than that. Mm, to a point. I mean, yeah, we, we follow in the UK mainly what is called the Working Hours Directive, yeah. which means we shouldn't be working over... What is it? 60 in a week. 60 hours over a week period or something like yeah. that? Um, no more than 12 in a day and no more than 60 on any given week. Yeah. Um, the issue that's happened in America is that there's a legal loophole that allows an overtime system to work if the project in question is of a high creative value, i.e. Yeah. animation and video games. And that's what's that's what's being sort of used. But um, the other thing that sort of Duncan mentioned on that is sort of the idea of the rooster teeth, either the non-pology or the the shrug of you know what can you do? Something different has sort of happened in this, and it's the scapegoating. Mm. Which in this case, um, you know, I I went to well, me and Steph went to RTX London November, pretty much got as close to grey haddock as you could actually get, mm. securitedly speaking. Um, he's had to step down as head of Rooster Teeth Animation to now perform a creative role. Right. That pictures to me like what's happened in management is they've said, yeah, the reason all this crunch has happened is solely his fault and right. it can be worked by reducing him off the management structure. And the other people that have been sort of commenting on it though have been saying that it's more of a... Um, an inherent problem with too much growth too quick. I mean, you've got to think it was only 15 years ago now, something like now, 15, 16 years ago, that Rooster Teeth was just four dudes 
recording in effectively a closet. Yeah. Yeah, out of Bernie Burns' spare bedroom. I mean, now they're over 400, pushing towards five. Yeah. I mean, they've, especially the animation department. Oh my god. Like, you want to talk about Rooster Teeth growth as a whole? Yeah. Rooster Teeth animation, like, did not exist before, like, season nine of Red vs. Blue. You know, like, mm. the, yeah. the CGI of season eight that was there was mostly the work of one dude with a computer and then working you know yeah Matillon, obviously yeah that was there was like there was no animation department uh no, and then by season that. nine it you know grew a little bit had a couple people working on it because they had fully yeah. animated <laughs> segments of red versus blue yeah uh, it's, 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 it took to ruby really didn't it yeah to really like by the, even by the time ruby came out like 2013 we're talking six years ago barely yeah. Uh, there was like probably less than a there's probably like a dozen people in total in the whole department. Now that mm. department is probably I would suggest I would hazard that there are probably more people working in the animation department in total than any other department. I would expect. Mm. Like yeah. they are like you know they're pushing out Ruby, which has grown tremendously in scale. They're making Camp Camp. They're making Ruby Chibi, which is a smaller but still. You know, work intensive project. It they've uh, Genlock. They've a, Genlock. God, how can you not mention Genlock? That's like their new big thing now. Yeah, and then then they've got the sort of production of the Transformers I, Netflix. Stuff. Yeah, they've got they've got the Netflix Transformers thing that they're collaborating with Hasbro on. Uh, they're, I mean, and still Red versus Blue is still out there. You know. Yeah. It's like they yeah. have, like, just around the clock, around the year, around the calendar, you know, that animation department is churning out content, you know. And if these are the conditions that they work with, typically, I don't see in their schedule really any time for rest or reprieve. And yeah. that's, that's, that's tough, you know. Yeah. There I, doesn't seem to be an off-season, does there? It's, it's, it's sort of gone, see the bit that no, this sort it, of gets It rolls like, right uh, from... Ruby to Red versus Blue to Genlock to, you know, whatever's in season. Yeah. I mean, that's the bit that sort of gets me. So this is now like in like the, my sort of analogy to this would be the wrestling business, the professional wrestling business. You take something like WWE now. They have this year of week in, week out wrestling coverage. And it culminates with WrestleMania in April. The biggest sort of live show, the bit where all the storylines would generally end would be in sort of this like the first weekend of April the day after they continue again like nothing's happened there is no off season and you know sort of that's that sort of crunch and you got writers and stuff in the back I just don't like the idea of crunch I, I don't like the idea of like sort of lackadaisically going on with a project with the intent of when deadlines come in close to then tell everyone right hurry the fuck up and get it done Hmm. Yeah, it's it's unhealthy for the individuals who make it. It's unhealthy for the company because it creates a culture, a cultural expectation within the company that you know about what is normal and what is expected of you. And yeah. it's unhealthy for the products because when you totally. go and go and go for too long, eventually you're going to slip up and quality is going to degrade. And that's what happened to um, the fellows responsible for. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and whatever I know that I can't remember their name. I know they were recently in the news for another reason as well. Oh, uh, Bioware. Yeah. Bioware, yeah. They, you know, I know that they yeah. were suffering from that big time. Yeah, they were. Yeah. You know, their whole a company fell big... apart because of basically because of crunch. 
Yeah. yeah, a lot of the companies are struggling, and that's because of the tight deadlines that they're being given to get the projects done. Mm. Because they'll do their release at E3, and then the executives will be like, we need you to get it out by this point. But then yeah. you've got pushback by the developers saying, oh, we're not ready yet because of this, 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 and this. We've got this limitations here, here, and here. And they're like, no, push it out and then patch it later. And that's unfortunately the culture I can see in the gaming industry at the moment is happening and it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. And I think what needs to be done in the industry as a whole is for all the developers to just stand up and say, you know what, we've had enough. And we're talking like all the coders, the programmers, all that, not the executives, they won't agree with it, but all the coders, programmers, artists, all that, they need to stand up and just have a sit-out or a walk-out from each of their respective studios and say, you know what, we've had enough of the crunch. You need, yeah, they need a guild or a union of some you, kind. Yeah. You know, like how exactly, actors have yeah. like a guild where, you know, it's like, you know, we we, 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 we demand the this minimum standard of treatment, to, yeah. you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, just for, just for the right to work or whatever. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah no I I'd, I think that's really the only he- healthy way that they're going to be able to get any yeah. action done in the in the short term. That's it, they're going to need a union and they're going to need to get some people well some congressmen or senators to lobby for them as well because it's not going to get through the companies otherwise they need to get government involved mm. as well. Yeah. Because the you know EA's lawyers, Activision's lawyers, and all that—they'll push and say, "Nah, we've allowed you can do this and this. These are what the rules are." And like you say, they're already jumping through the loopholes of creative content. <laughs> so yeah, they need and... to do something big, and it's got to be all of them. It can't just be a small group. It yes. can't just be one studio to say, "Ah, we've had enough," because they'll just fire the studio. Um, they'll fire the studio and rehire. There's plenty of people that'll go and do it. Yeah, no. Um, the unfortunate truth is that there is an overabundance of uh, yeah available talent for people who are interested in game developing and animation and things like that. Because I mean, hey, exactly. You know, a few years ago that was that's what everyone decided to go study because that was the way the future. And they are and yeah. were not wrong. But what future is that going to be? I wonder. That's um, it, yeah. And, you know, I'm genuinely very concerned about... Because things have to be said. You know, the word has to get out. Action has to be taken. And it has to be loud because I know Rooster Teeth. And again, love them to death. I know how they're going to handle this. I know it's... I know that they have a track record of being... Of, of kind of sweeping things under the rug, so to speak. And mm. normally they use that to their advantage in a positive way they i remember on a podcast i could not possibly tell you the number it was many years ago i do recall one time i hear over you know hearing bernie's talk about like how the public responds to like outrage yeah uh, and how like every time he is you know he has observed that every time a company is faced with you know outrage of some kind whether it's related to a bad product or a bad game or bad culture or something they've done wrong you know the more they address it and the more they feed into it and try you know like make state really statements about trying to fix things or trying to deny it happened or try to explain 
that it's all a misunderstanding. The more they feed into the outrage, the bigger and louder it gets, and it doesn't solve their problem at all, and it tends to uh, extend the life cycle of those problems considerably. Mm. Whereas he has, he observed he used Sony or PlayStation as an example. They had something wrong with their system at some point. I don't know. Maybe they got hacked or, you know, because shit, shit's always getting hacked over at Sony. Uh, mm. And, you know, they had a, an outrage of some kind and they just had like a single like non-statement about it and then just shut the fuck up about it and quietly fixed it. And like the life cycle of that, despite being an you know, a serious problem was drastically shortened because they just refused to like talk about it and refused to address it until it was fixed. Yeah. And I know that based on what he was saying and based, you know, based on how they've responded to criticism of this caliber in the past, that they have definitely taken page out of that book where they've, they, you know, they've made it more of a policy to try and not make a big deal out of you know, controversy and outrage because they know that if they just stay quiet, you know, people won't, you know, people will calm down eventually and just sort of move on with their life. And normally that's fine. There, you know, the incidents surrounding uh, a certain individual by the name of Shane Newville. I don't know. Oh, yes. If you recall what this was all about. Mm-hmm. A former animator of Rooster Teeth. Funny Funny how that works out. Uh, uh, Self-purported to be essentially the right-hand man to Monty Ohm during his prime. Yeah. Uh, had a bad breakup with Rooster Teeth a number of years ago, uh, following the conclusion of Volume 3 of Ruby, and released like an 80-page uh, document describing his experiences there. And, you know, it's does not paint Rooster Teeth in a positive light. Um now, a lot of people were quick to dismiss it for a variety of good reasons, based on the fact that he, Shane himself, has uh, is self-described as not a mentally healthy or stable person. Uh, a lot of people suspect that his interpretation of things that were happening may have been skewed negatively due to, you know, his own personal bias as well as his own, you know, poor mental health. Uh, you know, and obviously, and obviously, the testimony of a single individual, no matter how profile they are, is never enough to condemn anyone or any company. So Indeed. the fact that Rooster Teeth just totally brushed that under the rug and didn't acknowledge it all definitely saved them from a disaster on that front because no one really talks about that anymore. No one really, mm. it doesn't really get a lot of mainstream attention, despite how critical it was. It was at least as critical. Uh, as these class door reviews, if not more so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that Rooster Teeth, I honestly truly believe that Rooster Teeth was in the right to do what they did with Shane at that time because of, you know, what a touchy subject that was and the fact that they, they w could have really put their company at serious risk at a time of serious growth uh, mm. had they chose to give light to that single you know, controversial opinion. Yeah, because that was, that was like sort of around the full screen acquisition time, wasn't it really? Uh, I remember right. So it may have, it, it may have come up. His act, it wasn't, it was released well after. I think the full screen thing happened around 2011 or 2012, but it could have been related. I, I'm not entirely sure about that. Mm. 
but it was sort of important stuff of the fact that yeah they had this you know this this MCN which would then you know then become auto media and sort of part of big corporate business at that point it's, and so, yeah like you say to have this sort of deep sort of personnel problem yeah a lot of what Shane was talking about in his thing was related more specifically to Rooster Teeth uh, and how he alleged that you know Rooster Teeth took measures to Rooster Teeth management not specifically anyone named but Rooster Teeth management as a whole uh, according to him made uh, took actions to attempt to appropriate Montiome's property and try and you know essentially take Ruby away from him and kind of make it more what they wanted and less what he wanted mm-hmm. and according to you know and again according to his allegations those advances didn't stop after his passing and in fact they may have even become more aggressive in the sense that a lot of people who were very close to Monty were either let go or quit of their own accord shortly thereafter, which gave them more freedom to, uh, you know, move in and essentially appropriate the the Ruby IP and essentially turn it into their own thing. And again, that's all hearsay. That's all his own single one-dimensional interpretation of what happened. It is mm. extremely unlikely that anyone other than who people who work at Rooster Teeth will ever know the true story there. I refuse to speculate. I refuse to give an opinion on that. I'm just addressing the fact that it was said, and you know this is not and that, and that the troubles and tribulations in the animation department did not start with this Glassdoor review bombing. It did not, you know. This has been, you know, yeah. there have been problems going on in that department for a while now. Yeah, it's been a culture problem, sort of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pri- like say prior to it. You know, and Rooster Teeth is well aware. It's not like they don't know this is a problem. It's not like they don't know oh. that what they're doing is inappropriate or wrong in some way. The question is, are they going to respond to it and act upon it now that it's become public knowledge? And if they're mm. not, what do we do then? How, what do we as a public and what does the animation department do as a department do in response to action or inaction on I suppose, I suppose there's two actions that can be taken. Um, we wait for the response, obviously. And then if it's not a good or genuine response, then the other actions that can be done is every listener of Rooster Teeth should boycott videos as one, as the first point. Or, and it's either or and both, is um, to have the animators themselves basically say, we've had enough. It could be that you do both things, that everyone boycotts it, and then have the animators do their thing as well. Because yeah. that'll, that'll be the biggest impact, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Um, as to whether the audience will do that is another question, and yeah. you need to do it. No, the, it, the, the trouble is getting the word out and getting the word yeah. out in a reasonable and level-headed and calculated way because the truth is Rooster Teeth has a pretty strong, faithful, loyal fan base. You, you know, they have a very high level, a very high degree of, you know, interactivity with their audience as well as, yeah. uh, you know, uh, engagement with their audience, you know, to a, to a degree that some 
significantly larger content creators do not have, despite having larger numbers. Their engagement yeah, yeah, yeah. just isn't to the same level. And on top of that, Rooster Teeth, partially because of their, you know, their policies of how to handle outrage, and partially just due to their generally well-organized uh, company, don't have a lot of, you know, don't have a lot of scuffs on their report. They have a pretty good public image for the most part. You know, say what you want about their content. You're allowed to have your own opinion on whether or not you like their stuff. But as far as a yeah. company goes, they have a pretty strong public image. And I think it will be the challenge will be to convince people that things are not as well as they think it is and that yeah. it, action should be taken mm. against them. And I just thought I'd say uh, while we were recording this podcast, as a matter of fact, you may have. You may have heard some clacking. It may it probably didn't come through on Discord, but it might come up in my actual audio recording. I um just recently canceled my Rooster Teeth first membership for the time being. Ah, uh, which is the other option is for audience members to vote with their wallets. So yeah, the thing with the crowdfunding true. service now is that you can, you know, if someone is I don't want to say worth supporting if you feel that someone Deserves it. It's someone that you want to continue. Yeah, so it deserves the situation. Yeah, you fund where you can. If situations come up where sort of something has been done sort of wrong and they're not acknowledging it, the only way you can really do that is to, yeah, like I say, vote with your wallet. Yeah, you can do that. I feel feel it's a bit of a hollow victory for now because part of the reason why I even thought of doing that in the first place is because I just recently got a notification telling me that my subscription had been (laughs) renewed. So, you know, I'm I've essentially paid my dues for the next six months. So they yeah. wouldn't even they wouldn't even see it until whatever. But yeah, so seven months down the it's line, it's still really. yeah. you know symbolic, you know, solid sign of solidarity. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know now now the real question for me is like in the short term, like ethically, how do I go forward with my relationship with Rooster Teeth at this point? Like, because. I feel like it an appropriate first step would be to I'm I feel like I'm just going to disregard their animated series for the time being. Uh I think that's just an appropriate action to take. Uh mm. but now I have to wonder like how do I respond to the other aspects of the company because Rooster Teeth is a big company. They make a lot of shows. They don't We do. Yeah. There's not a lot of you know uh no, overlap no. between uh, the different departments you know no, one one, one, one department things, sins it? it's like one department sins are not you know are not the fault of another but at the same time revenue is revenue the whole company profits regardless do, of which yeah. videos you watch so it's like is it okay for me to continue watching achievement hunter and death battle if i don't even if i don't watch ruby and camp camp you know like eh, i don't know i i guess i'm just gonna have to talk to myself for a while and try and figure that out. Yeah. It but is a now, bit of a... For now, my subscription is cancelled and I'm starting with that. Yeah. It is a little bit of an ethical quandary, isn't it? It's like, can we really still support them knowing what's going on? <laughs> mm, it's just, it's, like I say, it's just, it's just as it is, so, mm. you know. Well, yeah, let's, 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 you know, we've had that talk. I mean, I think it might be a case that we might need to just whip ourselves up into a bit of happiness before we end this podcast because we have been yeah. running long. But yes, we have. I want to get us through a quick game of the oddest before we do. Okay. So, here we go.
All right, end on a high note. Yeah. So, based on the, the EA news discussion, in terms of surprise mechanics. <laughs> surprise, w- you're broke. Yeah. Hmm? What we're gonna try and what we're gonna try and do is I'm gonna get a list of video game terms that are used in stuff like E3 and 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 sort of the general working of the video game industry now. Yeah. And I want you to pull an EA. So how loot boxes have now become surprise mechanics. I want to take other terms and we fuck them up as well, just for our own giggles. Okay. So we're gonna start. I'm gonna start a timer because we're not gonna. We're gonna try and keep this going. But I want to try and think of other terms for quick time events. Uh, interactive cutscene. Nice. Okay. Yeah, interactive cutscene. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah, high, high pressure. Oh, panic buttons. <laughs> panic buttons. Panic buttons. <laughs> no, wait, wait, hold on. I, I got better. Okay, uh, interactive <laughs> cinematic. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Or oh, panic stations even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, triple, triple A game. Plenty of money in that. Eh? <laughs> you, uh, you just want to call him that? Plenty of money. Yep. Uh, how, about, how about just ah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, yeah, I was gonna go with Gollywood. Uh, do I do yeah. I have to make it? Um, do I have to make it sound positive? That's that's I guess that's part of the the deal. I right? mean, you can make it positive, but I you mean, can EA is make trying to make a... their loot boxes look positive. So I guess yeah. the idea is that you're supposed to be repackaging this and making it look nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Digiwood, Digital Hollywood. Ah, Digiwood, nice. Recurrent user spending. Recurrent user spending. So like. Are we talking about like microtransactions? Microtransactions. Okay. Uh, Easy money. No. <laughs> e- interactive. Okay. Microtransactions becomes crowd purchasing. Yeah, it's yeah. like po- post-release crowd funding. Yeah. Mm. Easy money or easy pickings or easy. your all shells or I'm just gonna nickel and dime you all. Yeah. Oh, nickel and dimers. Episodic gaming. A serialized experience. <laughs> serialized experience. That's a that's a good one, man. I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm I'm working on keeping up these, you know, sort of like industry type terms that sound positive and exciting. Yeah. yeah. Multi-part story. We're going to say this next bit later. Yeah. <laughs> Serial epic. <laughs> Serial epic. Yes. Yeah. How about pay to win? Ooh. Ooh. You're not good win. enough to play this game. Oh, um... I'm thinking multi-tier engagement system. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yes. Or yeah, tiered engagement, just for short. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, engagement reward-based system. You know, Oops. reward... You know, being rewarded for, you know, the degree of uh, your engagement. You know. so, yeah. So... One, one more on that. Free-to-play... I feel like free to play is like almost already a, a fairly like positive quote unquote term. Like, like I feel yeah. like it's already like I feel like one, really. like I feel like microtransaction mousetrap is kind of like the real term, and free to play <laughs> yeah. is just the you know the term that they use to make it sound better. But yeah. how about microtransaction mousetrap? <laughs> yeah, that works. To go the opposite yeah. direction for once. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there we go. So. uh you know, that kind of worked out. And we've five seconds left. Hey, uh, we'll we'll, we'll sort the, uh, that out. I was yeah. on the improv team in high school. I could come up yeah. with words on a spot. Yeah, 
Hey, that was that was kind of the idea. Yeah, it was good. It? And I feel really that's good. sort of where the yeah, that's where the evolution of the oddest yeah. has sort of has sort of gone now. Because you were you weren't around, Steve, for our what if the Matrix was created by Bethesda discussion. No, I wasn't around for that one. I've unfortunately been unavailable to join the podcast for no. quite some time. No, but well, we're gonna find out stuff like that. That would be that'd be cool. So well, we'll we'll uh, it'll be edited. There won't be as much as you won't know this. But <laughs> is that Steph gone? The producer. That was yep. our producer has left. Yeah. Yeah, I thought producer has left the chat. Yep. So yep. Uh, yeah, because he knows what's he knows what's arriving. It's the wrap up. So uh, yeah. If you uh, have got any other positive terms I have you one. want to make for on positive terms, hmm? I don't have a positive term, but I do have a positive thing for our project, our immaterial gamers. I okay. will be trying to do a bit of networking when I go to PDXCon in Berlin in October. Ooh. So that's a bit of positivity there for us. Okay, so yeah, so look we'll out, look out get... for yeah. I say, I say, look out for Steve. Steve, look out for people. Yeah. Very much. So I'm gonna try and get us a bit of support there if we can. Yeah. If we can, man- if I can manage it. No worries. Only yeah. gonna be at the event for one day. Gonna be going for the Saturday, but it should be really good. Cool. Sweet. If only we had business cards. Well, yeah. we can make some. Have some made up, you know. Get our like channel yeah. URL on there. Get our website on there. We could do. Get a logo. Mm. See what Vista Prince charging. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Now, if you, if you did like what you heard this week through through our happy games discussion, our OK news discussion, our very deep big discussion, and uh, you know funny improv, then uh, please do like, share, subscribe, comment, sh- share again. Yeah, yep, and make sure to listen to the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah, listen to it. Try and listen to it in one go if you can as well. That's uh, that's uh, the other thing. Um, you know, just have it on in the background. We're 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 friendly enough. And then uh yeah, keep an eye out on all the shows that happen as well. And we'll start from the week of Monday again. From the week starting Monday. Monday's role playing not in my games. Yeah. Next on the docket, I think after Resonance of Fate will probably end up being Mass Effect to tide over until Final Fantasy Seven remake. Sounds like Because that's plan. gonna be happening. That'll be and, that'll be an opportunity to get some new people in, you know, play a brand new game when it comes out. Yep. Yeah. Try and get a capture card so I can get it from a PS4 to my PC as well. We'll do that. Yeah. Um, then Tuesdays, podcasts. Every other Wednesday is Shattered Reflections. Thursday is Reserved. Yep. Fri- Friday is The War Table. Yes. Saturday. Next episode's going to be a long one, guys. Yeah. Saturday, we've got the play session. And Sunday, which we've been playing a bit of tabletop sim, so uh, other games will probably end up being played in there at some point. Cool. And uh, and then Sundays, sibling rivalry, where the Pokemon's and the Bingos get played. on a regular schedule again, maybe. Yay! Yay. Until Darius's birthday this weekend. Oh, <laughs> boo. But, uh, you know, that'll be there. And then I in mean, between... Happy <laughs> yeah, happy advanced birthday. And then, uh, yeah, in between that, when we have the time, something immaterially different for any games that just don't fit that that category. Like, oh dear, which is a weird-ass game. Yeah, let's play Outrun, but there's hundreds of deer in the way, and you can run them over, and you might not. Hmm. And I know that sort of scared you then, but, you know. Anyway, 
I'd like to thank Duncan and Stee. It was a pleasure being here. Yeah, it was good. Cool. And uh, until next time, for God's sake, people, don't do industry crunch. No, not at all. I mean, that's basically killing people, right? Yeah. Killing their hopes and dreams. Killing their spirits. Killing their bodies. Yep. Killing the drive, passion, creativity. Don't do it. No, not at all. So, yeah. Uh, Well, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.